Dang, that was a hard cut. I hate that. <laughs> it just doesn't fade out like I want. Hello, everybody. Ooh. We're muted. No, you're not. We're uh, not muted. No, I, I, I'm on top of stuff. I've oh, been for once freaking busting my rear end for weeks. <laughs> I am ready for this. I hope. I, I had. Um, a long drive to Iowa. It was a, a seven hour one way drive this weekend, um, for a wedding and the wife drives, of course. So I sat in the passenger seat and just wrote <laughs> on the laptop. So, uh, you didn't get car sick. Oh no. Look at that. Half ass already cheering at the start of cap campaign too. guys. How weird is it? to see episode one in the title. Mm -hmm. You know, this is actually our first episode one. What? <laughs> yeah, true. That's our first streamed episode one. <laughs> we never had a, a technical episode. Well, it was a one shot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, welcome, everybody. A new, new interface. Always looking for feedback, what you think about the new interface. We got a lot of new like things. Um, we've... Um, Redesigned our logo a little bit, sharpened things up. We got our uh, our wonderful artwork done by Mike, um, kind of cycling through on the side. Uh, thought that would be something that's pretty cool that we're doing. Oh, wow. Wow, everybody. We are glad to have you here tonight as we kick off campaign two. We've had so much. I I've driven these guys nuts, and they've driven me nuts in return. Thanks for finally getting getting that picture, uh, James. For for sure, that um, you guys. Hey, yeah, I got that in with plenty of time to spare. Yeah, I put it in today. <laughs> I gave it to you three days in advance. Then, when I was in the car somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I found out about my group, in some cases, is timelines aren't really something that we look at, but. Uh, as long as there is a, a Gungan encounter in episode one, uh, everything will be cool. <laughs> Misa think there might be one. So, ah, <laughs> uh, no, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight uh, as we as we get rolling. Um, again, if you did not get a chance to catch <laughs> out the one shot, was it last week? Has it been just a week? Or was it the week before? I think it was the week Two before. Weeks? No, I think. Yeah. If you didn't get a chance to watch that, head on over to our YouTube channel and uh, check that out. Uh, and and while you're there, head on over to uh, Half-Ass Beer Review and check out those beer reviews as uh, one of our sponsors of the show. So, week and a half. Thank you, Cuddles. I know you're busy tonight. So, thanks for having a, a tab open there. Yeah, there's, uh, there's the take you right there to half ass. So I don't have our beer of the week this week because I had a hundred other things to get done. So the question is, guys, are you ready for campaign two? No, no. Flat out. I'm not ready for this. I am very ready. Bring it. That's what is that you're drinking? Mud water? Well, it's an interesting game that you play at McDonald's. You either get mud water tea which I affectionately call cough tea because it's where they make the tea in the same container as the coffee. It has this tinge of coffee taste to it. It's terrible, but it's wet. Um, or you it get nice, 
nice, like dark brown, like, you know, you can see through it. The good tea is what I call it. But tonight there's layers on that, that's there's layers. It should not look like this. A mixed drink should look like this, like uh, an iced coffee or something like that. McDonald's. Why is it so different? Why? I don't know. It's McDonald's. Right. Yeah. Looks like Italian dressing. But again, it's wet and it works. Bring on the nerd sandwich. First time talking. Bring on the drama. All right. Uh, welcome to the stream. Ready to go. We are. We. I am ready to go. Like um, this. This is going to be. This is going to be fun times. Oh, we got some. It sounds like the sounds coming in good. So, guys, do you have anything? We're we're changing things up a little bit of how we do things. Um, so if you guys got in, in don't have anything, Let's get her done. Uh, nothing new. No. All right. I'm going to uh, mute y'all here. Talk about football. And we're not going to do not that. Very good. All right. I'm going to mute you guys. And we're going to play our new intro to get us psyched for the campaign. Starting with ominous music. <laughs> Roll initiative. What?
can't hear you, bud. All right, here we go. (laughs) The sun rises slowly over the horizon as the islands of Frasia shadow the surrounding waters of the Permian Ocean. The air is cool as autumn takes hold and the leaves of the trees are beginning to turn and fall to the ground. The massive elven towers of the Arboreum stand majestic and tall against the silhouette of the Western Isle. The cool air creates a mist around the peaks of the nearby Sardin's Pass, while the sun burns the arid desert plains of the Brimstone Desert. Life among the residents of the islands of Frasia have been quiet these many years. The ruling family has gone uninterrupted for generations, and the people of the island live in relative peace. But a creeping shadow begins looming over the land, as children have become sick with a devastating plague, threatening the survival of the entire group of islands. The priests and elders have fallen to fighting among themselves over a cure, but so far, all attempts to find a cure have failed. With the gods all but abandoning the people for their hubris, the islands of Frasia look towards a bleak future and the peace they have enjoyed for so many long years becomes threatened as tempers flare and infighting begins. We focus down onto the city of Briarfork. The birds sing on a clear day as the horse whinnies and shakes its head. The air in Briarfork threatens an early winter this year, as Bishop swings a small pack into the back of a large cart attached to the horse. Yeah, I'll take you as far as Candor's Keep, barring any problems passing through the uh, Sardin's Pass. Deacon appreciated. Deacon Rawling, a stout halfling with dusty brown hair, dirt on his face, and simple farmer's clothes, readies the wagon. His rough, scraggly beard houses a dry leaf or two, which he quickly brushes away. He looks up at Bishop, up and down. Tell me what he sees. So what Deacon is looking at is a seven foot five robotic looking creature. Um, His clothing is covered with soot and ash. He wears um, a large, heavy cloak that looks like it's been sewn together by with, with like bed sheets to fit him. Um, and he's got a Asian-looking coolie hat. So the straw pointed hats on his head. Other than that, his robust looking figure he's strange 
Warforged aren't known in this area very well, um, but he's been in this town for approximately 20 plus years, working as an assistant to the family that found him. Deacon looks up at you again after looking you over. Why are you uh, heading south again? Luna has grown sick. The men of science here cannot explain how to cure her. I am hoping that I find better men of medicine in Candor's keep. Yeah, isn't anything you can do about it? Why even waste the time? Do you not have family? Would you not do whatever you possibly could to make sure they survived? Yeah, you know I don't got no family. Nobody wants any of this. <laughs> and he grabs a hold of his shirt and kind of Sticks his chest out. If someone was as important to you as Luna is to me, I would hope you would feel differently. Yeah, I'd imagine so. She is not the only child in this town that is sick. Yeah, that that plague is sure uh, getting pretty bad, but I'm not... I don't know. Isn't it just just a, a cold, right? Some fever, chills. One would think so with the symptoms. Yeah, well, hey, they paid me. I'll take you down there. But if there's any trouble, you keep your head down, in, down, whatever. You follow my lead. I'll keep you safe. Hopefully, violence is not the answer. Yeah, spoken from somebody who's never been through Sodden's Pass. Deacon sets a heavy crossbow on the driver's seat of the cart uh, next to the reins, along with a small bundle of bolts. Just kind of looks at you. Well, we're ready to go when you are. Hopefully the cot holds. You uh, you don't have anything else you're bringing, right? It is just me and my belongings. Well, and he looks around at the small city of Briar Fork and... Yeah, go say your goodbyes. Let's get moving. I want to make it as far into the pass as I can before night falls. The bandits and creatures in the past have not been kind to travelers lately. And uh, as he says that, he instinctively grabs his left arm and he rubs it slightly uh, like he's rubbing an old war wound. Do you want me to take a look at that? Yeah, it's old. It just when the storms move in, I can still feel it. As you wish. 
Okay. What would you like to do? Uh, right now, I'm just going along for the ride. I look back at the uh, blacksmith shop and just hope that uh, I can find help. You all mystically find one gold that appears in your pocket. All right. So you load onto the back of the cart. You're not going to tell anyone else goodbye. You've said your goodbyes already, all that. Yeah. Okay. You load onto the back of the cart and wave to those of Briar Fork as a small crowd gathers and waves back to you. You feel the cart lurch forward as the wheels turn and creak against the hard stone and dirt of the road. And you continue to look back as the people in the distance begin to disappear along the horizon. Best make yourself comfortable. It's a long trip. I have never left the village. You've never left the village? I figured something like you been around a little bit. No. I did what I could to help. There was no need for me to leave. Well, all right. Well, hold tight. Here we go. Yeah. And with that, he slaps the reins and you begin uh, moving further along um, down the road. One second here. Okay. Jade. The sounds of crickets ring through the night air as you, Sage and Edge, sit in silence. It's been a long day of scouting and your bones are tired, muscles strained. It feels good to finally rest. The large trees of the Spiritwoods forest tower toward the bright moon shining down on the forest. These trees have been here longer than most people have lived on the island, even the elves. You spent the last month scouting the Spiritwoods forest and investigating attacks on weary travelers that path through the forest on their way to Yargish. There seems to be no meaning or plan to the attacks, yet they continue to happen and disappear in a near instant. Edge prods the fire with a stick, while Sage takes a bite of some dried meat. So... Jade, what have you learned today? Edge says to you. I'm learning a lot. I... The animals are crazy. Something's going on. Can you not feel it? Yes, and what of your feelings about 
something evil coming. Edge flashes a, uh, a silent grin at Sage, who returns a big smile. I just, I don't understand why you're just being so dismissive. You know, Captain Black has sent us out here to do what we need to do to find find out what's going on. You you can't feel the evil running through this forest. You can't see the animals are running into town, hurting people, and you and you're just so dismissive about it. Well, we haven't been to town, and the creatures we have run into are far from animals. I mean, sure, the spiders have become more active of late, and other creatures of less reputation, but I haven't seen anything that would warrant an evil coming. Again, flashing a smile at uh, Sage, uh as uh, Sage sits on the other side of the fire. But I can feel it. So why, but nobody seems to be believing what I can feel. I know I'm new. I know I'm not as seasoned as you guys, but I know what I know and I know what I feel. Oh, I'm sure you do. Maybe... Maybe the druids would be a better role for you. <laughs> I don't find that very funny. Sage, you know. sta- Sage stands up. You should be less concerned about your feelings and more focused on the tasks at hand as you were taught. Sage tosses in bone uh, empty of meat into the fire as a brief moment of silence pauses uh, during the awkwardness of the conversation. I do what I'm told within reason, I would say. I think I'm doing more than more of what I'm being told than most others. But I've I have voiced my opinions, and it just seems to go in one ear and out the other of anybody who wants to listen. Well, aren't you brazen for a kitten? (laughs) I see I'm not getting anywhere with this conversation. You're just the same old sage and edge. Well... Tomorrow, we'll return to the nest and report to Captain Jaguar about what we've seen. We'll also be discussing your fascination with your feelings and see what Captain Jaguar has to say about that. I think we should. Obviously, nobody else wants to listen. Maybe Captain Black will... Maybe Captain Black will be able to understand what I'm feeling and what I can see. And I'll just, I'll just shake my head. I'm just really disappointed. And uh, I'll go, I'm going to go lay down and get into my pack and get ready for the evening. Silence falls around the fire again. It's gent, 
Gently, the gentle crackle of the fire and the smell of its smoke merge with the intense sounds of the forest. Seems like several moments pass by before Sage breaks the silence. I'll take the first watch. Jade, you take the second. Fine. I'll be happy to do that. Sage tucks his calico legs up under himself for a bit while he nudges his bow beside him to make sure it's close. Edge flashes a smile at Jade before falling over into a pile of dead leaves on the forest floor. Her orange fur blends in among the moonlight and leaves. You fall back onto your back and stare up at the stars. What little of it you can see. You know what you feel you should do, but do you have the strength to do it? Your eyes close as you focus on the sounds of night, and you drift into sleep with your thoughts. Time passes by as you feel a slight push into your ribs. You look up and see Sage standing over you. You're up, kitten. Thank you. Sage spins and settles down into the deeper grass under some of the nearby trees, nearly disappearing amongst the foliage. You sit and stare out into the night before looking at what you can see of Jade and Edge. They sleep. You hear the slight purr of them sleeping soundly. You stand up. Grasp your belongings. And for a brief moment, you stare at your clanmates. But you know what you need to do. At least you feel that you know what you need to do. Grasping your things tightly, you turn and quietly walk away. I need you to make a stealth check. Yeah, 20, 26. Okay. Without even a crack of the leaves. <clears throat> You pass into the darkness of the night. Your pace quickens as you get further and further away from the sound of the crackling fire. Darkness takes over. You find yourself alone. Oz. Present. Yeah. Just takes me a second. <laughs> no, you're fine. Present. Bueller. Bueller. Paris. Bueller. Oh, let me 
move the map here. Oops. All right. I see this is chewing through pretty quick. Us, you wake up and wipe your face as you stare at the rotting wooden wall before you. A rat scurries across the floor, taking a brief moment to stop and look you right in the eyes. Your eyes lock for a moment before you sit up and brush yourself off. You've been here in Candor's Keep for a bit of time now. Your mind still races over your past. But you pick yourself up, brushing off remnants of hay from yourself, adjusting your weapons, and you stand in front of a, a window looking out into the dregs. Mud, muck, decaying buildings surround your inn here where you've been staying for the little cost that it is. The way the light shines through the window with the film that covers them, you can see an image of yourself looking back at you. What do you see? See a astral elf, six foot two, blonde hair, goes uh, beyond shoulder length, uh, with eyes that are white. Uh, the white eyes have a gray outline around a white iris and a black pupil. Um, he stands proudly uh, within, uh, while looking at himself, uh, taking special care to to make sure that all of the remnants of hair are off of his uh, his clothing, uh, and you know, and smoothing out any wrinkles or anything that may be unbecoming even with such uh, clothes as he's as he's uh, forced to wear you straighten yourself up and exit your room you reach back to lock it before you remember these doors have long since been able to lock uh, as the handle shakes before you you think to yourself well what awaits me today reaching the main room of the rusty nail inn where you've been staying you see a short bald human man with a near permanent frown and dirty skin looking at you as you make your way down the hall. His eyes follow you from your room to the desk where he resides. You have a hate-hate relationship with Eggard, who owns this inn. He's an unpleasant man, but you're able to stay out of sight here, and here you all but exist. It's been a while since you've had a job with the two Dwarven brothers. But you do really don't want that to be your life. 
Your halberd lightly scrapes the wall as you stumble on uneven floors. Hey, uh, you, uh, gonna pay for that, elf? As Eggard points to the now long scrape of fresh wood underneath the blackened mold-filled wood of the hall. You can add it to my tab. Well, uh, I'm glad you, uh, you brought that up, because, um, you know what? It's time to pay up for you next week. You ain't got the funds, you can go sleep in the gutter with the carrion crawler grubs. I have always been good with the payment. Why do you act so now? Because I think you're going to destroy the place the way you walk around here, you carry your stuff, you start scraping up the sides. I'm trying to run a respectable establishment here, and you this is how you treat it? This is how you treat it? Most, most respectable indeed. And then I'll uh, place seven silver on the uh, on the plate, and then um, I'll put on an, another ten copper um, for the door shell. So, so you're gonna pay for half a week. You're not staying the full week. You know it's, it's fourteen silver for the week. It's when did this rate go up? I swear, I don't know if you're drinking too much. Uh, where you been hanging out? Because it's always been this. Pay it up or hit the stone. Is there anybody else in the lobby? Um, the people that are there um, are, are the less respectable folks. There are people around and they're not paying attention to what's going on outside of some grunts and gentle laughter. Um, Eggard plays with a moldy, greening toothpick in his mouth as he smiles a grin back at you. It was one silver before, and it was one silver the day after. When did it turn to two? It's always been two silver a night. If that's too much for you, then uh, you know where you can stay. Won't be nice like this. Take out another seven silver and just slap it onto the table. That's a good elf. That's a good elf. Make sure to put it to good use and get the rats out of this these establishment. The, you mean the entertainment? <laughs> That's our in-room entertainment, don't you know? <laughs> so, uh, can I get you the usual for breakfast? mean stale bread and you know it's not stale it's just moldy is that what it was i thought it was a peculiar spice yeah well the longer you let it sit it uh it gets better <laughs> hmm. your words say one thing but my stomach says com a completely different one. However, it is food, and I can eat it for now. <laughs> All right. Yes, the usual. One second. And he turns around, and he grabs a plate, and he 
sets a plate in front of you and you see a, a large chunk of molded bread. Um, as he sets a plate down, you hear it bounce against the plate. Like it, it's definitely solid. Um, he grabs uh, an ale also from behind and, and sets it down. And then he reaches underneath the counter and pulls up uh, a slab of some kind of meat that looks like it's wet with some kind of film. And he drops it onto your plate and you can see in the, in the morning light that it's got just a, a greening hint uh, of color to it. Bon appetit. <laughs> I, thank you. I, I guess I'm, I'll take it and uh, I'll go and sit at the table by myself out of the way in a corner where I can see the door. And then I'm going to start picking off the mold, setting it to the side a little bit by a little bit. And then once I've gotten uh, all the mold that I can see uh, off of there, I'll start taking pieces of it and just sticking it in my mouth and just letting it soak to get some kind of moisture back oh. into it. Oh. Oh. Okay. How, and then, how, go ahead. Hmm? No, and then I'm, I'm just I'm not even touching the meat. Uh, it's just it's just it's just the uh, the, the bread. Okay. Uh, give me a Constitution saving throw. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we have a new Z. I told you I had uh, a lot of fun with this. Nine. Well, that's a Blaylock roll. Um, you are struggling to hold it down today. Whether it was your activities yesterday, the general disgust you have with Eggard, or um, it's just worse today. You, you kind of throw up in your mouth and you hold it there for a second. And before you're able to give the pleasure of having Eggard watch you throw up there in his inn, you swallow it back down. He um, clearly charged me if I vomit in his establishment. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get up, leave my plate there, uh, ale untouched, and then I'm going to uh, uh, I'm gonna step outside, and try and get some fresh air, and kind of walk off the uh, uh the the grumbly guts okay you step out of the rusty nail into a soft set of mud as you stare around the dregs dilapidated buildings litter the area of town as various cloaked figures slink into what little shadows prevail in the morning sun the air is thick with moisture and a mild stink it doesn't seem to bother you anymore Walking through the streets, you see familiar a familiar building. The only real business of reputation in the dregs. The sign swings back and forth in the gentle breeze of morning. Candor's curiosities. While there are other b- businesses here, Runky, Runky runs an honest one. Runkly. Runkly. Runky. I was in the car. <laughs> Is it Runkly or Runky? Runkly. Okay. All right. No, no, put it here. There. Got it. You pass by the shop as you decide to take in the cleaner air in the West Shards. 
or maybe the docks today of Candor's Keep. As you walk, your feet displace in the mud and you bump into a tall hooded figure who looks down at you with an arrogant disgust. His blue skin illuminates in the morning sun, but saying nothing, he looks you up and down and turns and proceeds further into the dregs. Ah, excuse me. Ah, this ground is quite unstable. He ignores you. Which is common for the people who come down to the dregs. It's not a nice or pleasant area of the of Candor's Keep, but it fits your needs. Well, I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm just just gonna keep walking. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stick to the dregs. Okay. Um, and just to get some fresh air, and um, maybe try, maybe just try and you know take a uh, a walk you know towards the perimeter. Okay. Uh, as you're walking, you see the other uh, businesses in the area. Madame Eustace's comfy bed, a not quite an inn, but a place of ill repute, and the as much in quotations as possible, local bakery called Only Day Old. Um, you see what you hope is smoke from the from the ovens, but uh, looks more to be from a fire inside the building rather than something that smells delicious and changes the air amongst the dregs. You proceed forward and Sloshed into into the um, into the day old bread. Okay. You walk inside of the day old bread, and he, uh, you 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 see tables set up with piles of, of bread and a, a few sacks of other supplies. You see a large oven in the back, um, smoking just black smoke out. Uh, as a goblin turns to you. Uh, he's got kind of a, a deep green skin and his teeth look like they've been filed down into points and his lips just ripple over into a smile as you enter. He's, he's got, um, just, just like blue pants that are tore at the knees on and, and no shirts. And, uh, he's, he's kind of dripping from sweat and you see a bit of it drop onto the bread, uh, that he's working with there. So, you've come for some food, huh? Welcome to the day old. What can I get you? Oh, Master Gut. It is a pleasure to see you again. Um, is it still uh, three copper, or have you decided that now is the time to raise your rates? No, no, our rates are always the same. Three copper will fill your belly. Ah, good, good. You know, you could get some extra business if you go back to the rusty nail 
and have and provide him with some of this delicious bread. Oh, I did. A couple days ago. (laughs) Tell me he's not serving it up. He most certainly is. Oh, well, I will take your bread. And is it soft? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> it it, it even still it, has... Is it free mold? It, it has mold on it, but it, in a lot less quantity. Um, you've known from, from eating here before that a lot of times if you can break the bread open, it's still soft in the center. So you can kind of hollow it out and get stuff that's not molded. Yeah. So I'll... I'll take the I'll take the bread and I'll just kind of tap it on the table. Okay, just nice and it. firm. Yes, I. You have a strange style. I'm working on a new technique. If I take the mold and I put it in the oven, whoosh, and the bread gets a little hard, but it has a nice flavor. I call it toast. <laughs> well, thank you, Master Cut. I'm going to go now, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take the bread and I'm gonna I'm gonna step outside. Come back get... any time. <sighs> yes, I I fear I will. <laughs> and so go back into the uh, into the alley, and I'm gonna, you know, t- I'm gonna take the bread, the loaf of bread, and I'm gonna break it over my knee, and I'm gonna try and hollow it out and see if I can get some of the good bits out of that. Yeah, you 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 break it open uh, with no problems, you, not even needing your knee. You just kind of, you know, flex it okay. and. And pull it out and scoop out what you can. There's some soft bits on the inside. This one doesn't seem like like he might have got it uh, a little fresher than normal here. Uh, the rumors around the dregs is that he he gets them from the trash of the bakery within the West Shards. Um, but it's hard to confirm that uh, as it's not a place that you would go. Um, but you fill your belly with bread um, and... You feel like you've got the energy to proceed with your your day. My walk. Yep. So off off and away I'm going to go. And now is the dregs on the outside or is it right on the wall? Um let me show you. I'll show yeah. everybody there too. Cause, yeah, because I can I mean I mean obviously I can see it, but I don't know if it's on the inside or the outside. Why? Oh, I thought I fixed that, but I, I guess I didn't. One second. Okay, Nickel timeout. All right, let me switch this over so people can see the dregs. So this is Candor's Keep. The dregs are number nine in the southwest. Mm-hmm. So is that on the wall or in the wall? Um, it's just past the wall. So it's on the outskirts of town, beyond the yep. fortification. Just outside of town. Okay. 
and so my uh, my my daily routine has been uh, just to um, just walk the outskirts of the uh, of the wall there, um, looking um, looking out into the fields and to the uh, the farmland. If I you know if I end up going that far, because this is a very large city. That's pretty far. Yeah, that's that's yeah. quite a trip. Yeah. So usually the day would would go uh, until I can see the farmland, and then I'll probably start making my way back, um, just slowly but but surely, looking out into the field and contemplating. Okay. You um, slept a bit later than normal. Mm. Um. So the day the day is passing so you decide to expedite your walk you felt it you'll walk through the city today see what is going on within within candor's keep itself yep time for a a brief walk inside um yeah we i i can do this and I'll look into the city and press on. The guards of the uh, main gate nod at you as you pass into the city. And you can feel them just their eyes washing up and down you as you pass by. One of them yells out, careful with that pointy stick, elf. We don't want you to tip over and fall. Pointing to your halberd on your back. You ignore them as you trudge further into the West Shards, the main area of town. Having been here a while, you know most of the normal civilians of Kandor's Keep reside in the West Shards, and you yourself stay... Um, Stay out of areas like Newborough to the east or the Silver Docks as they're considered the higher class of the city. You walk through um, the main road um, to the, the, the market in the West Shards where you take in the sights of people throwing money to various vendors that line the streets, food carts, and uh, various wares, pets, uh, and and things of that nature. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be looking around. Okay. This keeping, keeping, keeping an eye out. Yeah. For anyone that I, I may know, but without looking like I'm keeping an eye out, that's just hood drawn. Sure, give me a uh, perception check. Yeah. Uh, 22. Okay. You see that um, people are going about their business. Everything seems fine. It's an active day. 
um, with all the trading going on and bustling town. Uh, it's irritating to you with, you know, because it's crowded. Um, you look over and notice a hooded figure in the far distance watching you. Tall, pale skin, elven features underneath uh, a shadowed hood. Now, I'm going to um, uh, pull my hood a little bit lower. And then um, uh, I'm going to duck into a uh, the next alley. As you begin to pull your hood over, you let an eye drift over at the figure. He resembles your brother. Impossible. You make brief eye contact with him as he looks up and he turns and begins walking to the north of town as you duck inside the next alley. Which way am I going? You're just heading into the nearest door to your okay. Not west. North. Okay. Yeah, so okay. you stepped into... Do we get another map? No. No. No, there's just a shop. You... Um, Stepped into uh, Blessed Be, uh, the the Loquan Channing shop. Okay. Ah, excuse me. I'm sorry. I was just uh, looking um, round, and your shop was very curious. Um, what what is this? You see a, a really tall. Um, creature with his back toward you uh light grayish green skin uh dark messy hair that looks like the the top of a mop um only wearing overalls and bare skin underneath and he turns around why hello how's it going um can i help you i don't and then I'll look out the door again and I'll look back at him and I'll just kind of step out of the view of the door I'm curious um, what is this place from the outside it's not clear well you've stepped inside of Harbo's enchanting shop would you like to have an enchantment and he he just kneels down and he he sets uh, his his elbows on the table and rests his head into his hands, and he just has a big grin on his face. Um, an enchantment. I'm. Well, we could enchant anything you like. I quite skilled with my hands. And sometimes um, my feet. Dear. Well, tell me. Tell me more about this craft that you have. I've obviously had enchantments before, but and I'm aware of them. But tell me more. Tell me more about what it is 
which you do. Well, we take the item, mm. and I lay it out, mm. and I infuse it with magic. And then it's magical. I feel that you are oversimplifying this. And he reaches out like a big head or hand that encompasses your head. I try to keep it simple. And you, my dear Harbo, is it Harbo? Harbo. Yep. Har Harbo have succeed because I understand quite well that you make magic here. Now, is it easy to make magic in this fashion? Well, I think so. <laughs> Can I make magic he kind of stands up and closes one eye and looks at you and holds up his thumb and he's kind of holding it over you and looking at you again and probably not no I'm very what is your mood when you make this magic as you do so here. Are you happy? I would say I'm happy. It makes are you happy? me... Are you happy now? Well, who wouldn't be happy now? It's a beautiful day outside. Now, if you were angry, what would happen to your magic? Well, that's not a you don't want to be uh, angry when you're casting magic. Does that affect the results? I don't think so. Mm. Well, I'm not sure I've ever been angry. And he just mm. puts a big grin on. You see his teeth so, there. Some of them are kind of jagged and gapped. And is it, I mean, what? So. He's a fur furbog. Furbog. Okay. All right. So this is a this is a big boy. Mm -hmm. Like even even taller than taller than than Oz. Okay. I would not want to see you angry either. Well. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I I thank you for your time. Is I appreciate you indulging me with a little of your craft. Or any time. Hmm. Curious. And good day, Master Hobble. Goodbye. And he just waves at you. Then I'll stick my head outside, out the door. Do I see any, uh, do I see any, uh, see him any, any longer? You or do not. still going north? Okay. I'm going to come out and I'm going to continue down the alley. Okay. Uh, you notice that the, the crowds are getting thicker uh, as you begin pushing through. Uh, it, it seems like uh, some kind of pseudo flash mob has broken out uh, of performers, which has caused people to crowd around the, the 
square here. Um, jugglers, fire eaters fill the streets as you try to push through and get to the other side away from this. This is not what you had planned today. Uh, you wanted to see the fields. Ah, excuse me. I'm trying to get to the other side. Would you please let me... How can I get around this place when there are so many people? It's, it feels that every person you push, two more just plop in front of you. And gonna take a deep breath. And I'm gonna try and work my way to the outside and try and get around. If this takes me all day, I will get to where out of here. As you're walking through, you feel a heavy hand grab you, and you're stopped immediately in your tracks. Ah, excuse me. What? turn around quickly and look down to the smiling face of Hugh. Ah, Master Hugh. Headed to a fire? I am... I am not fond of crowds at this time. This is most infuriating. This display is preventing me from passing. It's like I am I am trying to get around and then someone else gets in the way and I Well, you're a hard person to find. I've been looking for you. Good. Well, I'm always where we last spoke, and and that is typically at the Rusty Nail. I'm not going down there. <laughs> well, when you're little like me, you sink to your knees in the mud. <laughs> no, I'll look down at my at uh, uh, I'll look down at my feet, and they're they're you know pretty caked with mud, even after walking, just dried mud. Yeah, I I feel you are correct. Um, now, what what brings you here? Well, if you got time, I need a little bit of help. Maybe get yourself a little bit of extra scratch to live off of. Can I get out of this shitty? Well, this town is pretty shitty, but uh, I'd imagine so. Excuse me, I said shitty. That's what I said. Shitty. <laughs> I knew you would be a great friend. Anyways. I, it's not often that I say this, but I am <coughs> glad to see you. Yeah, there's not many people who are glad to see me. Well. But... I can't talk about it here. Too many ears. But meet me at the Broken Mug Tavern tonight. If you're in. Is there food? <laughs> I'll even buy your dinner. Your choice. How and it won't it? have mold. <laughs> <sighs> Master Hugh, that is the best news I've heard all day. Yes, I will certainly meet you. 
Fantastic! And he holds up uh, his fist into the air. It's the broken mug, correct? Broken mug tavern, yep. Yeah, broken mug. All right, and then I'll hold up my uh, fist in the, in the air you know, so he acknowledges it, and then I'll quickly put it back down. He looks at you kind of puzzled as he was expecting a fist bump. But, uh... Oh, is that what? I thought he was holding <laughs> it up like... No, it's fine. It's part of it. <laughs> you continue looking through the crowd, making sure you don't see any more remnants of the figure you saw in the distance. And continue wondering about um, until evening falls. And you begin making your way toward the Broken Mug Tavern. All right, one second. Bishop. Yep. <clears throat> oh yeah, we're all over, folks. It's going to be back and forth. <laughs> Night begins to set in as Deacon pulls the card over toward the east side of the road. You can focus your eyes in and see a small cave hidden behind uh, various brush and trees that are in the area. Looking around, you see signs of people staying in this area before and using it as shelter. It's not the most comfortable or dry spot but it should be safe. I will take your word for it. Deacon uh, moves some of the brush aside and motions you deeper into the cave uh, as he pulls the, the horse and cart into the cave itself and then steps out to drag a large group of brush in front of the mouth of the cave, hiding the the debris, the debris from uh, previous days here. The cave is cold and damp as you travel back about 60 feet from the entrance. You see a makeshift ring of stone illuminated by a single beam of moonlight shining through a small crag hole in the ceiling. The soothing sounds of water drip in the distance from stalactites, and the sound echoes through. Trip. Trip. Deacon lights a fire from the supplies in the cart, and it crackles to life, casting shadows in the interior of the cave. It's not much, but it'll keep you warm and safe. I'll take the first watch if you hear any trouble. Uh, I do not need any sleep. If you would like to rest, go for it. What do you mean you don't need sleep? Everybody needs sleep. We're forged. We're created. We do not sleep. He walks over to you and he tries his best to like lift up a flap like a piece of armor and see if there's anything inside of you. What you... Who's actually in there? There's something something in there, right? 
It is me, Bishop. Yeah, I I know you call yourself Bishop, but the, who's inside? Who's working the levers? Is there a gnome in there? You know, uh, something, something like that, uh, moving stuff back and forth? <clears throat> no. It is only Bishop. Yeah, you do Please. you. If you are tired, sleep. He uh, walks back to the cart and puts a feeding bag on the horse and gives it a few pets on the neck. Grabs his heavy crossbow and the bolts from the seat. Sets them next to you by the fire. Takes a jacket and folds it up as a makeshift pillow and lays down. He opens one eye looking right at you and says, Any problems? Any at all? Just wake me up. Use that crossbow. I don't think that will be necessary, but I will wake you up. He falls fast asleep. She watch him breathe in and out and contemplate your journey and the things you need to do. <coughs> the night is quiet, save for a few howls in the distance. It progresses into morning as the fire burns down. He rolls over and wakes up with a big stretch. Kind of looks at you oddly and shakes his head as he goes to the cart and grabs some supplies and begins cooking a meal. He sets, uh, makes some breakfast meat and eggs. Um, do, uh, do you even, do you even eat? I have some spare nuts and bolts, I guess. If you like, I can uh, warm them up for you. That will not be necessary. You gotta eat something. Uh, I mean, you just you want some. I got some supplies from the crossbow. Like, you got a little furnace in there that maybe burns it. If it would make you feel more comfortable, then yes. I can consume whatever. He goes back to the cart and pulls some screws and different bolts and nuts and sets them in a pan and warms them up over the remnants of the fire. Uh, you want them on a plate or? I get up and I walk over. I just take the pan and I dump it in. <laughs> <laughs> they they clatter around um, like dropping dropping those things into an, an empty steel bucket. Those gonna roll around in there for a while or need time for them to settle? As I turn around <clears throat> to walk back to where I was, I just kind of shake a little bit and they just fall out like <laughs> a pant leg. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching those. Um, I don't know how all this works, but um, I'm not touching them. <laughs> he he uh, removes the, the horse's feed bag and preps the cart. You ready to hit the road? I am more than ready. So you hop into the back and you, you feel the whole cart 
move as you sit down. Uh, Deacon steps over and takes, uh, puts out the fire and moves forward enough to move the debris away and take the, the cart out. And you begin traveling south again toward Candor's Keep. After a few hours, he sits up abruptly. Keep your eyes down. Don't make a sound. <laughs> the, the pass quiets, except for the gentle clop of the horse hooves on the cold stone of the road. You feel the tension in the air as the cart wobbles down the path back and forth. The cadence of the horse is briefly broken by the sound of stone crunching under heavy foot or claw, followed by a snarl. Sensing something sinister nearby, you turn your head just slightly to see some kind of large creature. It's hard to make out exactly what it is in the shadows where they hide. One... Two, five, seven. Their teeth almost glow in the morning light, or their eyes almost glow in the morning light. But you hear them bare their teeth and growl softly. You can hear them shift slowly, as if waiting for the perfect time to pounce on weary travelers. You hear the soft click of Deacon loading a bolt into the crossbow as he slides it over to his, uh, himself. For what seems like an eternity, you see the creature slowly turn and disappear into the shadows of the hills as you see Deacon's shoulders slump back down. Whew. bit closer than I wanted them to be. You travel this way numerous times. Is this something that happens often? More often than I'd like to admit. It's a dangerous place to be. I just know. Don't make eye contact with them. Keep your pace. They tend to lose interest. They enjoy the hunt. the cart trundles forward for a bit before Deacon gives a slap with the reins and the horse begins with a quicker pace as you continue working your way down the pass the creatures are all gone now but you keep your eyes out she preferred further and further closer to Candor's keep and further away from home Marslin. Breathe in. Do what? Here. Okay. <laughs> Company of the Unicorn. Do not breed with spiders. <laughs> ah, Click the wrong one. A light breeze blows through an open window through... Fresh flowers resting in a vase beside the window. 
and across your face like a soft kiss. You stretch and sit up in your bed. The large canopy bed all but swallows you in comfort as you are covered in multiple layers of soft bedding. Another wonderful night of sleep. Another day of studies. You step out of bed onto the warm stone that surrounds the bed. You know that hot water is pumped through the stone each day to keep it warm to the touch, but not too hot. It feels comfortable against your bare feet. Dressing in your robes and grabbing your staff, you stand in front of the mirror in your room, adjusting the belts and supplies on your robe. What do you see? I see a rather tall, slender figure. About six foot six, but uh, maybe like 180 pounds soaking wet. Um, could probably use an extra sandwich or two. Um, bald, no hair at all on his body. Also, strangely, no ears. A little odd. Um, wears a long cloak, green, uh, with lots of accessories all over him. Leather, uh, pouches and bags and satchels and... Um, things to stick his writing implements in. So he's got them on his chest on kind of like a bandolier thing and holds a tall, knobby staff with a green crystal on top of it, as well as having a chain around his neck with a another glowing crystal around that. Um, has a very stern face, but strangely also warm eyes that are very purple. And blue skin. Did I not say that? No. <laughs> That's very defining characteristic. He has very blue skin. You turn from the mirror and open the large, heavy oak door to your room and step outside into the hall, turning back and locking it with the copper key. The walls along the hallway are covered in ornate wood and a long red carpet lies in the middle of the hall. Small incense sticks burn in the hallway, giving a pleasant scent of lavender as the smoke wafts gently into the air. You make your way down the hall and stairs into the main entry room where you see the familiar gray stone of Grek Fandish standing in at the marble counter of the Gilded Pair, the inn you've been frequenting for the last month. Good morning, Master Marslin. I trust your sleep was satisfactory this past evening. Oh, yes, but, but as always, it was fantastic. This place is nothing but the best. Well, of course, of course, that's fantastic. Do I, do I smell your wonderful breakfast in the air this morning? Well, um, we do have our grab-and-go bags with a variety of local cheeses and fresh-cooked bacon, which is probably what you smell, along with bread from the local bakeries. Um, or would you be taking advantage of our partnership with Grob's Fork and Plate Tavern in the West Shards for breakfast today? Yes, I think, I think my stomach does grumble for Grob's. Fantastic! As always, if there's anything I can do for you at all, please let me know, and I'll be quick to take care of it. You know the um, the uh, the the curtains in my room. Um, they're not 
quite the right shade to match the rest of the decor. I'm sure you must know what I mean. I completely understand. We've been thinking about replacing those curtains for quite some time. What shade would actually be best here? Uh, a slightly darker blue. Maybe maybe one more. The, the hue of my skin would be nice. We'll get right on that. And he claps his hand. We have work to do. And he gives you a grin. You run a tight ship here. What was his name again? <laughs> Grek Fandish. Grek Fandish. We're on a tight ship here, Grek. Well, we serve only the best for our patrons. Say, how how much longer did I have that I paid up front? I There's so much going on around me, and it's become quite a chore to get used to this rather large city here. I've lost track of time, I'm afraid. And he takes out a large book and opens it up and turns a few pages, and you see him tracing it down with a finger. Ah, yes, you have, um, it looks like at least two more weeks left on your stay. Perfect, perfect, that will do. Give me plenty of time to decide if I will be extending my stay or not. Well, enjoy your exploration today. We'll see you this evening, and you will enjoy the new curtains in your room. Can't wait. I've already got a step of joy thinking about it. Fantastic. So you step out into the streets of Newborough, which are busy, but not overwhelming. You turned and look over your shoulder to see the Academy of Lost Sciences tower uh, behind you. You pause briefly and think about when they will finally accept your request um, to allow you into the library there. Before you pull your hood over your head and head out into the West Shards. The West Shards are rather busy this morning. Um, as you make your way to Grob's Fork and Plate Tavern. You step inside to see a, a, a rather nice uh, for, for the West Shards uh, tavern. It's frequented with uh, several patrons uh, at the moment. Uh, you've been here before. You you know they specialize in uh, a fare of chicken, lamb, and local vegetables and uh, specials that rotate each week. As you enter in, you see a large ogre uh, that's wearing a chef's hat and apron with a torn, torn set of blue pants. He waves at you but continues working do, do I just seat myself in here he looks at you have a seat and smiles at you with a big toothy grin I'm Marslin nice to meet you I'm Grob <laughs> Welcome oh. to Grob's Fork and Plate Tavern. You're Grob. Yes, I'm Grob. I saw your name on the on the sign outside. 
Nice to, nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. I put it there myself. I can tell. Maybe you should hire a science smith next time. You did a good job for a first pass, but some of the letters could have been a little straighter and a little cleaner. Well, my skills are with mm, the kitchen, not with tools. No, we should all stick to one specialty in tools and perfect that art. I am excited to see what you can do with it, with a griddle. What will you be having today? Chicken? Lamb? Whatever your specialty is. Would you like something special to drink? We have Grob's milk, of course. But that may be too strong for this morning. I think a level, lovely cup of coffee will do. One coffee and chicken. And he turns Thank around you, and he gets a, a plate and uh, you can see him setting it up and he puts some what he calls decoration on the plate along with the, the local vegetables and passes it Sets it in front of you with a hot um, mug of coffee. As I Enjoy. Walk over, as I walk over the table, uh, any table that I'm past, I'm going to make sure to like just straighten the chairs and make sure they're nice and square with everything. <laughs> like give a, give a little nod to the people sitting there. <laughs> they, they stare at you strangely uh, as you do that. And you sit down to eat your meal, and Grob says, Oh, you're on the agreement from the the gilded pair, right? You, you would be correct. Okay. Service. And enjoy your food. And, uh, he, uh, Steps back into the kitchen and you begin eating and the food's very good. <laughs> it's surprisingly good um, for, for where he's at and who's cooking it. Uh, what would you like to do next? Um, oops, just a sec. After I finish that, um, sorry, I have to scroll through stuff. No, I I know where you I know where you're going. If you're done eating, <laughs> um, I'm done eating. I am going to get up and uh, thank Grub, and then head on over for my uh, routine check-in at Candor's. Have a good day. You too, Grub. You. Proceed down to uh, the south to the dregs so that you can visit your friend Runkley of Candor's uh, Curiosity. The dregs are particularly rough today as your feet sink into the mud slightly. Uh, with disgust, you are used to being down here, but you never can seem to get used to the mess uh, of the dregs and kind of question why the city doesn't clean it up. Um, you've made quite a friend in Runkley, uh, 
though he's a bit off in the head to you. It's hard to keep your footing uh, as you approach Candor's curiosity and a, a thin elven man with blonde hair and a large halberd on his back slide into you. Um, your hood falls back as you quickly survey him. Uh, you think to yourself, thin features, though muscular tone, newer leather, but definitely has had some action. Blonde hair that has seen better days and generally well-armed. Everything sends a message to you that it would be best to proceed forward without a word, knowing the people that live in the dregs. You pass by, and you hear him retort with uh, some apology, which you ignore and proceed into the shop. Entering the shop and looking around, various trinkets line the wall, some with glass bowls over them and distinct signs placed on the bowls that read, Do not touch under any circumstance. Hissing and ticking echo through the room as a boiler bubbles in the corner. The room is lit by a few torches casting shadows around a generally dark room. The room itself smells of gunpowder, fire, and wet stone. A, a rotund dwarf appears out of the back room, an eye patch over one eye and scraggly beard. His worn clothes are ragged and torn, pants full of burn marks and char, as he peers at you with a separate goggled eye. Marslin! <laughs> I thought for sure an imp had broken into my shop again. <laughs> Can't be too careful, those imps. Always breaking into my shop and stealing my stuff. <laughs> oh, Runkly, Runkly, Runkly. When, when are you going to get yourself some new clothes there? New clothes? These are new clothes. <laughs> Aren't they nice? And he moves back and forth, modeling them to the best. And you can see his shirt opening up where, where one button is very, very strained to just shooting off across the room uh, as his belly pushes against it. Uh, you notice he, he keeps trundling closer to you and... Uh, as if reassuring himself you are who you are, he, he gets close to you and you see his eye blinking through the, the goggled eye of his uh, up and down. And, okay, okay, good. <laughs> it is you. <laughs> Have you had another one of those nightmares recently, Runkly? Nightmares? No, no. It's the imps. The imps are always coming to Kimmy. They steal my things and they run off into the night. And they just, you hear the pitter-patter of them. <laughs> he turns and slaps you on the butt. Uh, and he walks over the stool that he struggles to get up onto and spins around with his hands out before stopping to face you. What can I do for you today, me boy? <laughs> when are they going to get somebody down into the, the streets here and get rid of that disgusting mud? I love coming to see you, but it bothers me so having to walk down these streets. Oh, he's so prim and proper, you. <laughs> oh, you know, the dregs have been like this for a long time. When I first moved in, it was quite solid, but I feel like anymore everyone just pisses in the streets and now we have mud everywhere. <laughs> oh, I didn't need to know that. You have no respect <laughs> for yourselves down here. 
I mean, it's just dirt and piss. <laughs> I to try and not think about that. Say. It's good for yeah. the leathers. <laughs> he looks down at his boots and kind of clanks them together and shakes off some of the mud. It just, it just crispy, just falls to the floor and uh, it just clatters there. Ugh. Hey, do you have any of your expeditions planned uh, for the near future? Nothing new, sadly. Just folks fed folks <laughs> folks peddling and in information. Figure someday it might pan out for me, though. And he he leans in forward, almost falling off of his stool as he sets one arm on the on the counter, and his eye looks huge in the goggle that he's looking toward you. Rumors from the fields outside of Beggar's Market are saying they found something. Stuff popping up from the fields when they harvest them. They blocked the whole thing off. Some sort of old cachet, they say. Probably full of books. And he grins at you devilishly. Arthlin's eyes grow kind of wide. Books? Books about what? Well, if they've been buried under those fields, they've been there for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Think of think of the history that could be in those books. I know. I think of the trinkets that may them. be in the pages. <laughs> well, sure, there could be, but, but think of the books. Would you well, like to go check that out? Do you think we could get in there? I don't think I could get in there, but the way they're keeping things, you could probably get in with no problem. I might have to go take a look down there. I've heard they're hiring some whelps to watch over things that have been popping up there. You could easily find your way through the travel. They are not going to pay them enough for it to matter. Sneak in, get your books, and if you find old trinkets for Runkley, then you bring them to me. I'll give you a fair price. Keep the books. You always are so fair to me, Runkley. I'm glad we became good friends. Me too, me too. What would I do in a strange new place like this without a good friend by my side? Ah, one never knows. Probably find yourself uh, staying at the Rusty Nail. (laughs) Shiver to think of a outcome like that. So, while you're down here, are you stopping by Madame Eustace's? Hmm? What is Madame Eustace's? Oh, you know. And he looks at you and he goes, <laughs> Boink, boink. <laughs> oh, Runkley, get your mind out of the mud outside your door. <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> Say, what is this talk? There's, there seems to be some sort of fear, panic going around the city of some illness or something? Eh, people get sick. Not my problem, as long as they come and buy stuff. It's just kids, anyways. Who cares about them? There's plenty of them to go around. <laughs> Madame Eustace helps with that. <laughs> just kids. Kids are kids are the future. 
they're who we teach to bring up to continue the sciences here, no? Eh, you lose some, you make more. You are surely an odd one, Runkley. <laughs> That's what my mom used to say. Well, I think I cannot contain myself. I am filled with excitement of these books. I am going to go check out Beggar's Market. Well, good luck. I can't wait to see what you bring back to me. And he rubs his hands over and over. You know you'll be the first place that I stop. Of course. Stay safe. Stay secret. I'll head out. You step out into the streets, and as your feet squish into the mud, you can't get out of your head what Runkley told you about how the mud is made, and it's hard to even stumble forward with that thought in your head, but you make your way out of the dregs and into the west shards and work your way north toward the beggar's market. As we transition back to Jade. Jade. Running through the night to put distance between yourself and the troop. You travel for several hours. You feel the cool wet leaves beneath your feet as you try to be as quiet as possible. As tiredness sets in, you find a small cave in the hillside to settle in and rest. Um, sorry, I lost myself. It's relatively hidden in the darkness with the debris and plants surrounding it. A nearby small waterfall trickles into a small pond beside the cave, offering cover for the noise. You enter the cave. It's a lot shallower than you expected, but it'll offer a suitable place for sleep. You scout around for signs that the cave is occupied by anything else or anyone else, but find nothing. Setting your things down in the darkness, you curl up beside them and quickly fall asleep. You sleep later than expected, giving a yawn and examining your surroundings for anyone or anything nearby. You see nothing, a successful rest. The only sound you perceive is that of the gentle bubbling of the small waterfall outside. You peer outside again, looking around and step over to the small pool of water. Small fish swim freely around the pool as you look down into the water. The ripples of the water slowly fading as you continue staring down into the water. What do you see staring back at you? I see a tabaxi. I am about 5'2", black hair, red eyes. 110 pounds. I have a scar on my right chest. Curious by nature. Kind of look at myself and smile and 
simple leather on. I carry a long bow. I have a quiver on the back, arrow sticking up behind me. I have a leather piece, baldered with a belt with a short sword on. Okay. You reach back into your pack and take out a bit of rope and tie it to one of your arrows. Taking careful aim, you fire at one of the many fish swimming in the pool with a big sploosh. The arrow penetrates the surface of the water. You pull a fish back to yourself. Breakfast, you say to yourself as you take a bite of the raw fish. Untying the rope from the arrow and placing it back in your pack and the arrow back in its quiver. You proceed southeast towards the edge of the forest. Looking back to make sure no one's followed you. I want to um, look around and see if I can find a tree and want to climb the tree just to kind of get up above the canopy if I can and kind of look around and make sure that I'm still heading in the right direction. Okay. Stretch the old claws out as I climb the tree. You, uh, you climb, climb up a tree and look best you can. Give me a perception check. (laughs) Not bad. 21. Okay. You don't see anyone following you. Um, You look forward and see that you've got a good day's worth of travel or more before you get to the edge of the forest and even further to get to Candor's Keep. It's going to take some time, but you're trusting that feeling inside. You continue and push forward deeper and deeper to the to the southeast as we switch to Gwenton. Who is that? <laughs> All right. The halls of the temple are large and echo with the sounds of activity today. You turn the page of another of many tomes that you stack around yourself. You reach up, rub your eyes. You're not sure if you've been awake this whole time or not. You've been studying for quite some time of the history of Baron True Silver and his people over the many generations. You know this material, but you want to make sure it's sealed into your mind before you take your final examination with High Priest Cluster. You close the book and stand up and gather your things. With a bit of anxiety, you head into the main hall of the temple. Today it is filled with people from all over, some worshipping with loud sounds and singing while others kneel in quiet repentance. The ornate pillars stretch 50 feet into the vaulted ceilings, it seems every step echoes into every chamber in this place. Various incense crash together to form quite a pungent smell of dried herbs. 
as you pass deeper into the halls and through a set of double doors and down to the main chambers of the high priest, your nerves rack up. You slowly push open the door to the high priest chamber. You see an elderly turtle with long, thin, white beard at the bottom of his chin and a thin mustache that curls to the side. His ochre skin offsets the brass filigree around the windows and pillars of the room. Books line the walls from hundreds of years of collections. He smiles at you warmly as you enter. Describe what the high priest sees. Uh, what the high priest sees is a dwarf not quite five feet tall. He's a little different for a dwarf as he has uh, white hair and silver eyes. Man, that backwards. Nope, I was right. Uh, he has on a trinket that has a gear on it. He, it's wrapped around his belt. Um, that's really all he sees right now. Okay. Besides a clear different coloring of his armor compared to everybody else. Ah, Archelite Gwinton. How do you fare today? Oh, just nervous for this. How are you faring? Good, good. I can't complain. The, the shell itches a bit today, more than normal, but that comes with age. I trust you've been studying? That's all I've been doing in my free time. All that time you've been doing in your free time? Well, that and praying. Hmm. Are you going out among the people? Every once in a while I'll go out. That is good for your studies. We must not concern ourselves only with books and scrolls, but with the people. Are you ready to complete your examination? I believe as I'm as ready as I'll ever be. You, he motions over to uh, a large desk at the side of his chambers and you prepare yourself and sit down uh, for the skills portion of the test. The high priest steps over and slides a scroll in front of you with a wax seal. You have until sunset to complete this portion of the examination. Choose wisely. I will be here if there's any questions. Thank you. Do you have any questions? Not at the moment. All right. To start, I want you to roll a straight wisdom check. Uh, dirty 20. Okay. Well, sorry. Wisdom be 15. But I did a wisdom saving. Okay, 15? Okay. Yep. All right. You have studied well. And as you know, you know the material. You begin your examination looking at various questions and answers that you slowly fill out. Um, you do get advantage on this next roll. Uh, roll a D100 with advantage and let me know the number. 
Uh, hope it's better than that roll. Thirteen. Sidebar. Deadpool She-Hawk talk to the camera. That's the worst D100 rolls I've ever seen. <laughs> Seven and 13. Holy crap. You fill out your answers and roll the scroll back up and hand it over to the high priest who looks through and you see him scrunch his head and look at you and scrunch his head again and look at you. Have you cracked open a book at all? <laughs> what do you do with your time? I told you I was nervous about this test. This is one of the worst scores I've ever seen. <laughs> so I excel at one thing. Is it excelling if you're the worst? Someone's gotta be the worst if there's the best. Yes, and this will go into the history books of this temple. I expected so much more from you, Quentin Stouthail. Well, I guess we'll move on to the next phase of the examination. You do well there. There may be hope for you yet. The high priest stands up from his desk and takes you and he kind of lifts you up from your table. Like you can tell he's very irritated as he, as he pulls you up um, stronger than you would expect coming from someone as old as, as he is uh, and leads you down a long hall to an open room. Several cots line the wall with various sick and wounded their moans and cries sicken your stomach slightly as attendants do what they can to make them more comfortable. These are the sick and wounded of the city. They fight for what life they have left. Speak to three of them. Find their malady and use your skills and knowledge that I thought you had learned to best treat them. The high priest hands you a healing kit and with a nod and an outstretched hand, he welcomes you into the room. The attendants all back towards the back wall of the room and prepare for your test. Quentin steps forward to the first patient. You see a tiefling man, deep, Purple skin lies on his bed with large open wounds looking at you as you approach. Uh, where are the wounds located? Uh, looks like he has one in the stomach and one on the arm. Uh, the stomach wound is pretty grievous. He looks at you. Who are you? My name is Gwenton. I'm going to try to take care of you today. Yeah, good luck. I, you don't think I have much time left. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, actually casting Cure Wounds focused on his stomach. Okay. 
go ahead and, and then I'll take roll. the uh, healing kit and bandage up his bandage up around it and then his arm. Okay. Give me a medicine check for that. Twenty-four. Okay. Um, you reach out and touch his flesh, and you see his eyes kind of roll back in his head for a moment as the wounds close up slightly. Uh, you take the healing kit and pull out some of the bandages, and you you mo- remove the old ones which are soaked with his blood and and pus and. You can see the wounds do look better. Um, what's your medicine check? Oh, you're 20. Yeah. So uh, looking at the wounds itself, it's more than just one wound. Uh, it looks like uh, he was possibly jumped and stabbed several times uh, by something. Uh, well, I do feel a bit better. I appreciate that. We'll keep pressure on the wounds. They should help with the bleeding. He reaches up and grabs your shoulder and... Thank you. May true silver bless you. I just hope she blesses you to keep, uh, save these wounds faster. And you stand up and walk across the room to another patient you see an orc girl from Yargish lying there she's suffering from some severe sickness her skin is pale and she has large lesions that almost seem to fizz in the air she's in a great deal of pain hi What's your name? My name is Gwenton. What is your name? Elgra. Elgra? Elgra. Elgra. Elgra Shatter. Well, Elgra, let's see if we can get this taken care of a bit. Does I have any anesthetics in the bag? It's a healing kit. It, it has various alcohol, cleaning alcohols and things. Okay. I'm going to try to clean up some of the wound that's fizzing and try to administer some anesthetic so she's not feeling so much pain. Okay. Give me um, a medicine check. Twenty-three. Okay. You do your best to clean the wounds, and each time you touch them, she cries out in agony. Um, they They hurt severely. Um, you do your best to treat the wounds, but this is something entirely different. You see her brow is sweating. She's definitely running a fever. Is there any, uh, fever medication in the bag? There wouldn't be anything like that. that. No. Trying to think what they have to help with... Uh, can I get? Can we get a? Can I put a cold press on her head to help with the fever? Uh, AKA a rag. They, they're, yeah, yeah, a wet rag you could get from the attendants there. Yeah, I would like to do that, please. Okay, so you you go and wet a rag, and they watch you as you dip it into the water and take it over to her and set it across her brow. 
And she smiles a sheepish smile at you. And you see her eyes closing and they, they shut, but she's still breathing. Rest well, Ogre. Ogre. She, you stand up from her as she's comfortable as best she can be and step to a third. You see a Leonin woman uh, lying there with no noticeable wounds. She looks at you as you approach. Oh, well, there, there you are. There, are you here to hear my tale of, uh, you know, I was a fish once. <laughs> and I would, I would swim so freely until one day I was plucked from the, op- the ocean and given legs. And, and I didn't want them. I didn't want those legs, <laughs> but I have them and I can walk around now. <laughs> who, who are you? How long have were you a fish, and how long have you been a uh, a person? Oh, at least two thousand years. <laughs> it's been a long time. Long so you've time. Had legs, so you've had your legs for at least two thousand years now. Absolutely, and I was a fish much longer than that. <laughs> so, how would you rate your life on legs versus your life in the sea? I wish I could swim again, but every time I get in the water, blah blah blah, I start to drown. <laughs> have you tried? Kicking your feet to stay afloat. <laughs> they just don't move like the fins. And then each time I try to breathe in the water, it, it just hurts. <laughs> and then I end up here. And, and you see she's uh, got uh, like, so her legs are kind of strapped uh, down. Uh, I think they're trying to fuse my legs back together so I can swim like a fish. I don't think that's why you're strapped down. I think they're trying to keep you here for a little bit while they get the water out of your lungs. They make sure you're okay. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly fine. I have to get back to Dearney. <laughs> I got to swim all the way back. It's a long journey by Finn. It is a long journey. Why don't you take a boat instead? Oh, no. Fish don't take boats. We swim beside you're not a fish them. anymore. You said yourself you haven't been a fish for over 2,000 years. She she points to you and motions cl- you to come closer. I'm going to be a fish again. And she smiles big with a big toothy grin. How do you plan on being a fish again? I just need to get in the water. And then the gods are going to make me a fish again. And who told you that they're going to... The gods are going to make you a fish again? Oh, they talk to me. <laughs> so if they're going to make you a fish every time you get in the water, why do you start drowning the moment you jump in? Not every time. Not every time. I had to ask them. That's what I was forgetting. I was trying to do it on my own. I need the gods. Why don't you try going to an artificer first and see if they can help you instead of just jumping in the water? Witchcraft. They're mechanical creations. Abominations to the gods. I don't think all mechanical mechanical creations are abominations to gods. Oh, they definitely are. That's why the gods have left. 
<laughs> Man thinks they can do it on their own. I'm going to touch my uh, symbol and say, not all the gods have left. My god is still here with you as well. Have you tried praying to her at all? Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's not the right gods. You, you see, you even have the wrong one. There are many gods out here. Everyone's allowed to have their own god. Yes, but that doesn't make them the right gods. Am I going to be able to do a medicine check on her at all? Sure. Watch this be the absolute worst roll. Oh, 23 again. Okay. Um, all your checks and your conversations, uh, you, you believe she's suffering from madness. And she she has no physical wounds, but uh, you, if you'd have done better in your studies, you might remember what might help with that. <laughs> Curse you, 100. <laughs> Can I? Hey, no, never mind. I don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm going to do it, though. I'm not going to do it. Do what you're going to do. Um, I got create or destroy water, so I'm just going to create a puddle of water. I'm like, go for it. <laughs> on, oh, Jesus. I'm not, I'm not going to create water. Uh, in the, in um, like a, like a pool of water, like in, in the bed or. Well, initially this is a good thing. Make give her a cup of water, but I'm like, it doesn't make sense to create water. Well, I can literally just go get water from the bed. Right. All right. So are you doing anything? Uh, I'm going to go ask the uh, senior cleric how I can get rid of madness again. And you walk to the to the high priest. So three patients you have seen. What did you find was wrong with your first patient? He had multiple wounds along his abdomen. I did cast cure wounds, try to close some of them, and I replaced his bandages along with the bandage on his arm. Good, good. And what caused the wounds? Uh, based on the several stab wounds, wounds, maybe he got jumped in an alleyway somewhere. Got Maybe got attacked by somebody. And the second patient... The second patient was ill and she had an infection on her arm. I did try to sanitize the wound and bandage it up and give her something that helped with the pain. And I put a cold press on her arm or on her head to help the sweating. She may be running a fever. Do we have anything that can help with that? Oh, it's difficult to say. What about the third patient? The third patient is suffering from madness. Believes she was a fish for a human for 2,000 years, a fish for even longer. And that's why I've come over because I do not remember how to treat madness. Do you remember studying about restoration? Do, do I remember studying about rest? Do you have any restoration spell 
memorized or loaded? <laughs> uh, prepared. Is it bless, cure wounds, guiding bolt, healing word, create a water? Uh, guidance, told dead, and word of radiance is what I have prepared. Yeah. So you don't. I would say no. One must restore the mind in those cases. It's maybe beyond your ability, but you recognize the issue. But the case of the young girl is the real mystery. Every day we see more and more fill the temple. It is curious to say the least. We have begun calling it Myriad's Kiss, as it brings wanton destruction to the youth of our people. Is it only targeting the youth? Like, does nobody who's older have it? So far, we've only seen it target the young. It's interesting that something would only target the young instead of the elderly, whichever, which are more prone to being sick. Indeed. It's a good observation. But you have done well, Acolyte, despite your previous examination. Your mind struggled with your choices, but you are right on the right path. And more importantly, I saw you call to True Silver. And they answered your call. Your time for studying must now come to an end. We need you to enter the field and find why this plague poisons our people, our children. Gather your things, and may the blessings of True Silver guide your path. I'm honored that you're choosing me to investigate such a heavy topic for an outbreak there affecting our young. I'm sure True Silver will show me the way. Best of luck on your journey. Learn all you can. Quit falling asleep when you're reading the ancient books and scrolls. I'll try my hardest. He gives you a uh... A hug before you turn and head toward your room at the temple where you gather your things, say your goodbyes and blessings to to those around you and head into the streets of Candor's Keep. You walk straight to the Broken Mug Tavern to speak to Hugh to tell him of your accomplishment and your mission. Walking inside, you see the familiar interior of one of the more popular taverns in the area. Broken mugs line the wall with nameplates underneath them, de detailing who broke the mug and a short reason. The walls are also filled with various furs and animals that have been hunted over the years. Wood stools surround a central bar that's uh, almost filled with, uh, almost filled with patrons. Uh, and the, around the outside of the room, there are 
nooks uh, cut into the walls uh, with small tables that have people sitting there with uh, candlelight over the tables. You peer around the room and uh, on the northeast side of the room, Hugh sees you and motions you over. Well, you made it. Oh, brother. I mean it, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I fooled myself too while I was at it. What did you do this time? Oh, you know, just getting the absolute best worst scores on the test possible. Best worst scores. Yep. That sounds terrible. At least for the practical part. But I did pretty decent on the uh, actual taking care of people. Well... I heard, <clears throat> I guess they were going to kick you out eventually. I didn't get kicked out. I passed. What? You? I passed. Um, I can't hear you at all. If you're talking. I haven't said anything. Oh, I heard mumbling from somebody then. Yeah, there was some chatter. So, well, now what will you do? They asked me to investigate the sickness that is plaguing this island that's only affecting the youth. Well, good look at that. That sounds terrible. Oh, it most likely will be. Hopefully I can find some leads of it, though. Well, it just so happens I've got the job for us. The pay is good, and it's easy work. Just what waiting for one more to arrive. Is that an Oz fellow again? Yeah, you know me too well. Well, brother, I should know you pretty well after a while. You seem to take a liking to that guy. Yeah, he's he's weird. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> and jumpy. You're one to talk. <laughs> With a name like yours? Come on, man. Yeah, I believe my parents hated me. Uh, I still think they might have been uh, a little a little too happy for you to be in the world when they were naming you. Hugroid. Who names their kid Hugroid? It's terrible. Oh, it's our parents. At least you have more letters in than Y's. <laughs> That's true. Well, let's wait for him. You and Hugroid wait at the broken mug for a couple hours. So you wait. Uh, eventually, Tish, the owner of the bar, comes by the table. Well, look at you. Oh, what can I get you? She uh, points a finger right at your nose. Just an ale and some food, please. Well, what will it be? Mutton or beef? Or are you anning up and going for the dragon's tongue tonight? Yeah, it'll, it'll be beef. 
All right. <laughs> How about you, Hugh? The usual? Hi, the usual. She leaves and comes back a few minutes later with a plate of beef for you and mutton for him and uh, two ales. Yeah, three silver a plate and that'll be two silver for the ale and you know we have the best. Must be if my brother keeps coming here that to the point where he has a usual. He does spend a lot of money with me. <laughs> uh, I'll slide over five silver and okay. then gotta do math. Okay. You paid for yours. <laughs> Hugh pays for his. Yeah, I'm poor. I'm not an adventurer. <laughs> As you consume your food, which is quite good and the ale is delicious, the the door slowly opens and a slightly familiar elf creeps in through the shadows, not paying any attention to those that are frequenting the tavern. And they pay him the same. Hugh waves over to the creature and you see Oz approaching the table. Ah, Master Hugh, it is indeed a pleasure. Sit down, have some food, or drink, or whatever you need. It's on me, my friend. Is, is the bread moldy? <laughs> you won't find any of that here. Ah, good. I am growing very weary of edible delights from the dregs. Is all you've had is bread today. Then you'll hear like a, a loud grumble coming from 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 his uh, belly, and I'll look around, one side or the other. Yes. Hugh looks up. Tish, we need you right away. What can I do for you, tall drink of water? meat well we have the mutton or we have the uh, beef or we can get you the special Uh, mutton will do please something to drink Um, just just an ale Just just an ale she winks at you and few minutes later comes back and sets a, a plate of mutton. You see vegetables and a roll that doesn't have uh, mold on it and a big mug of ale. There you Not go, it. sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, look around. I'll take the roll and I'll tap it on the table. <laughs> it smashes in a bit. Ah, that is good. Thank you for meeting have been asking me to meet you here. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a few minutes and sate this this craving of mine. Don't eat too fast now. He's just diving right in. <laughs> um, no, no, like barely a, t- a chance for a breath, and is uh, and is 
famished, and it is very evident. So while while you consume the food, uh, Hugh looks at you. Well, while he's eating, I'll talk. And he looks around and kind of peeks out from the little station that you're in and makes sure no one's listening. I've got the job for us. Payout is fair. Ten gold pieces each. And he sits back with a smile as he looks from one to the other. Who who is it that we must find? Uh, We don't have to find anyone. This one's simple. They've been finding things coming out of the ground in Beggar's Market. All we need to do is patrol the district, ward off any riffraff that comes through. If inventory checks out in the morning, we get paid. They say that if we perform well, we could do the job multiple times a week. Could be a good regular for us. Sits back with a smile. By things coming out of the ground, what are you referring to exactly? As they harvest the fields, they're finding boxes. Chests buried under the ground, probably a thousand years old or more. Is this the first time that they've harvested? No, they've harvested them forever. Something's been pushing them up, I guess. I don't know. Curious. I never heard of boxes sprouting from the ground. It's curious. That's why it's taking them so long. They got to go through the paperwork, find out who actually owns them. Well, they're... If they're that old, whose would they be? Well, I mean, owns the land. Ah, yes. Who lays claim? Does the city lay claim? (laughs) You can bet those bastards of New Barrow will try to take them. I tell you, if I found a chest bursting from the ground from which I have tilled, it would be mine. Well, all we gotta do is keep others from taking it. Hmm. Uh, This is is legal, correct? We're not going to be fighting godsmen. Oh, no. Absolutely legal. Ah, okay. Good. Commissioned by Restus Firesoul himself. We know who that is. Gwinton and Hugh Wood. Oh. They know he's the district manager of, of Beggar's Market. Okay. So I'm going to, with my mouth full of mutton, just going to look from one to the other. <laughs> and I'm just going to, I'm just going to dive back in. <laughs> There's one Must issue. Be. The rest of the boys are out. Family obligations, they say. What do you say? You both in? I'm in, brother. Yes, I will happily. Yes, I will. Yes. Good. First job is tonight. 
Meet me at the gate to Beggar's Market tonight after sundown. Bring a torch or a lantern. Tonight. What time is it now? It's late day. It's not far from sundown. So it's all right. So soon. Yep. If you finish your food, you can walk over with me right now. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up, and I'm just gonna just rope my belly. I'm just like, I think, I think walking is a good idea. Are you full mm-hmm. enough there, Oz? I I may have eaten a little too swiftly. Mm. I warned you to eat slow, did I not? Mm. Mm. Well, I'd rather not vomit up this food. I would probably taste better than what I ate in the dregs. Pretty sure most food tastes better than what you ate in the dregs. Oh, wait, Oz. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm ready to to go to go, yes mm-hmm. Beggar's Market So you all gather your things and head toward the north for the gate of Beggar's Market and Bishop You continue on your journey as you begin to see the the hills of the uh, the pass start flattening out, not as high as mountain peaks, and the ground uh, is a bit more green. You ride along. You haven't seen any other harassment. Yeah, probably another day or so. Should be in Candor's Keep. Is it usually this dead on the road? Yeah, kind of weird. But, uh, hey, you gotta count your blessings. Maybe the gods have returned. Did they go somewhere? Yeah. A lot of people saying they left us. You know, you can only swear them to them so often. They give up. You've been out this way many times. This sickness, have you seen it in more abundance in the larger cities? I've uh I've heard of it in uh Candor's Keep people talking about it hurting hitting the hitting the locals but uh mainly just mainly just uh tavern chatter I see It is very odd that this would just start happening all over too. It is it is strange. As you 
leave the pass and enter into a more wooded area of the edge of Spiritwood's forests. You hear the birds chirping. It's pleasant here. Nicer than the pass. Very peaceful. Yeah, I don't mind this area here. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. And as you continue down the path, the horse begins to fight against you. Uh, Deacon does his best to steady the cart as it pulls to the side and begins kicking. You feel the, the cart uh, sway and, and buck. Um, <coughs> and it's it's difficult to hold hold on. Oh my. Is your animal okay? Something's wrong. And out of the corner of your uh, eye and your hearing range, you hear growling. As you turn and look, <coughs> two wolves step out of the, the forest here, snarling at you, saliva dripping from their mouth, eyes wide open. The horses refuse to move any further. And I need you to roll initiative. Here we go. Oh, it took two hours and 31 minutes. First one. One second, I wasn't there, so I hope you haven't re- did it yet. I did. So okay, oh, it filled it, it filled it in anyways. Okay. All right. Um, you are up. Deacon, please stay behind me. Make sure that the horse is okay. And I will take a... Move towards... The one that's closer to me, so I'm guessing north. Okay. Okay, right in front of it. Yep. Okay. And I will attack it. Um, all my attacks are non-lethal. Okay. 16. That does hit. Or six damage. Okay. And that is my turn. All right. Uh, you see Deacon, he loads up his crossbow. And it's so weird you guys only get one attack. 
He also fires away at the other wolf. Thunk! For three points of damage. Get these things! Don't get yourself hurt out there, you metal guy. Please do not show any fear. I've heard they smell that. <laughs> the wolf uh, bites at you. And... Misses. While the other wolf... Bites at Deacon and misses. Top of the round. Jade, as you pass toward the edge of the forest, you hear a commotion of growling and barking. You step out into out of the forest and look forward and you see uh, a horse whinnying and raising up as a uh, Halfling works to steady it while holding a massive crossbow and a large metal monstrosity um, stands in front of a, a wolf in a fighting stance. I need... I already rolled your initiative for you, so let me show you where you're at. Okay. There you are. It's kind of hard to see, but you're there. Yeah. All right. Um, Bishop. You're up. And I roll a 10. I'm assuming that missed. That does miss. Yeah. Okay. You swing at the, at the wolf and it dodges down as you swing over it and runs between your legs. Uh, Deacon is going to attack. <coughs> oh, he definitely misses. The arrow flies like right past your head and bounces off the stone with a clatter. Jade, you are up. <clears throat> so there's there's one right next to the cart, correct? Yep. It's jumping up and snapping at uh, the halfling that's uh, standing on the cart with a massive crossbow that he's trying to reload. I will take my longbow and shoot it. Okay. And that is 24 to hit. That'll hit. And 10 points of damage. Okay. All right. Uh, Bishop would have his back turn. Uh, okay. Can I go ahead and move up uh, 10 feet? Okay. Please. Thank you. All right. As you fire the shot, uh, Deacon yells out to you, Bishop. Here comes some more. And the wolf is going to attack at Bishop. And it hits. Or seven damage. And you need to make a strength saving throw. Jesus Christ. 
all numbers at level one are scary numbers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. You are knocked you are knocked prone. Uh, so as the the wolf jumps up and hits Bishop and knocks him to the ground, standing over top of him, the other wolf is going to bite at Deacon. Uh, that's a natural one. First natural one of campaign two. <clears throat> natural attack too, right? Yeah. You don't add a uh, proficiency bonus to your next attack roll. Okay. All right. Uh, as it snaps, it uh, it bites into the side of the cart, and you see a tooth like break out. Um, Bishop, you're up. Okay. The fuck, man? Eleven. Um, that does not hit. Were you using your movement to stand back up, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You uh, you swing at it as you attempt to get up, and you miss, but it, the, the wolf jumps off of you. Deacon says, I don't know what's going on, but it's just getting worse. And he uh, takes a shot over at the wolf uh, that's near you. Oh, that was almost a natural 20. Uh, that does hit. three points of damage. Jade, you are up. <clears throat> I'm going to move north 10 and east 10. Okay. And I'm going to shoot the wolf on the front of me there. Okay. Nat one. All right. Nat one. Okay. You are decapitated. Don't even. Don't. <laughs> don't even. Frank, you take a 1d4 penalty to your next attack. All right. So that is a four. <sighs> All right. So my next attack will be just. Four point, just four damage less then? No, you'll subtract four from your attack roll. Oh, okay. All right. The wolf misses Bishop. The second wolf hits Deacon. For six points of damage. Uh, and he must make a strength saving throw, which he makes. Um, so 
Well, he got a penalty. And he, wait, the wolf had a penalty, right? What was the... Oh, he didn't get his proficiency bonus. Uh, right. It would have still hit him. He rolled pretty high. Uh, you see it jump up and bite into Deacon. Deacon yells out, I don't know who this is, but they're helping. Bishop, you're up. Okay, I'm standing again. Dirty 20. Just misses. <laughs> no, it's four, eight. All right. So you bring your fist down and with a yelp, the dog falls to the ground uh, as requested. You knocked it out. And I will move to towards the other one. So I'll just be behind the cart. Like right there. Yeah. Okay. Deacon seeing that one going down and assuming it's dead uh, points the crossbow at the one right there. He's going to have disadvantage. <coughs> Still hit with disadvantage. Um, for two points of damage as the arrow... <coughs> thunks into him. Thunk. The wolf is still there, bleeding heavily, looking really bad. Uh, Jade, you're up. I'm going to aim at the wolf. So that's 1723 B19. Okay. That hits. Four six points of damage. Okay. The wolf yelps as an arrow pierces through its skull and out of its mouth and it falls down to the ground. As it falls eh, let me mark this. As it falls to the ground Bishop you turn towards Jade you see the dark tabaxi standing at you with bow to the ready. You stare each other down for the moment. And that's where we're going to end tonight. But Yeah, I didn't die. There's still time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a very dangerous game at level one. <laughs> So, ah, well done. Well done. Uh, a lot of, a lot of starter stories. Um, uh, definitely, uh, stuff moving along a bit there. We found out that Gwenton is terrible at his studies. Um, for sure. <laughs> Long asleep has followed me from Galtier. Uh, so, Thank you all for coming out tonight. Um, we appreciate you hanging out through the whole thing. Uh, we'll be back next week as we go into episode two of the Shadow Spark Chronicles. So 
Hope you enjoyed it. We've got more to come. We've got some new designs coming up. So look, uh, we'll have some new merch coming out soon. Um, and Cuddles is here now so we can get started. So let's yeah. take it from the top, guys. We're going to start over. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, catch up with us on Discord. We'll see you there. And until the next time. Thanks for the new followers, by the way. Uh, Fraley, a new follower. And King Cuddles, thanks for the gift of the gods. I hope everybody put one gold gold piece into their pockets. What? Yeah, that was really early. Yeah, I paid to everybody. Yeah, you, if you missed it, it's too late it. now. It's too late now. What? No, I'm doing it now. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Until next time, we'll see you in the dungeon. Take care. We're going to send you over to, like, probably Zach Dynamite. So don't touch that dial. Let's see if uh, if old Zach, Zach D is uh, streaming, and we'll get you over to to him or, or uh, yeah, he's streaming. Let's go. Let's go dump you. Ba, 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 ba. I'm loving, I'm loving it. it. Stream ended. No. <coughs> Here we go. Oh, gosh. Stuck. Here we go.